I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Great price plus great home cover plus rewards you'll use equals big value from SuperValue Insurance. Search SuperValue Insurance now. Rewards include two 10 euro or 40 euro spend vouchers and 20 euro of real rewards points. Contents only excluded. This home insurance is underwritten by AXA Insurance DAC. SuperValue Financial Services DAC trading as SuperValue Insurance is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. You smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Chancellor. And uh, we're filmmakers, we're fans, and we're fettuccine cabanada. Because we have a bona fide Italian <sighs> cinematographer on today. Pat. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. Ta-da. Ciao, nerds. What's going on? Uh, oh. Pat, Pat, Patrick, Patrick, or Patrick Hi, is a Pat is a is a cinematographer friend of ours that we've all all three of us have worked with now. Sorry, you're not a friend. <laughs> you only worked. How has Josh? Oh, Josh worked on Monday Morning Musical. Got it. Yeah, like like work like work, like work with. I got Pat donuts. He we're best friends. Yeah, Wait, what donuts? I got when? Pat donuts. Too. Why didn't I get these donuts? Because you, you were part of the camera. You're on uh-huh. set. Yeah, actually, no. Was this on my set? Was this was on your set. This was on my set, and yeah. I missed out on donuts. I, on I, I kept Ron Core donuts. <laughs> Dude, so, you heard, surely you heard about the hissy fit I had on L plates where like oh. I watched the BTS footage and everyone's eating donuts and I was like, when the fuck they did that happen? They were on the craft happen? services <laughs> table. You had no excuse there. No, I remember you, you and, never got and, and you, Pat, Pat and our camera crew on, I, we shot, he, Pat shot my feature film, Red Curtain Hell. And um, uh, about halfway through, everyone got addicted to coffee and donuts purely because <laughs> cheap Pat cold was... Cheap cinnamon donuts. Cheap the cold best. cinnamon donuts yeah, and, and coffee from whatever the, the local cafe was. Burnt 7-Eleven coffee. That's, oh, and and I ended up going over budget on our initial budget <laughs> purely because of the coffee and donuts, which ended up costing... Because it was about like, cause getting everyone coffee. The donuts were cheap as chips, but the coffee was like... 50 to 60 dollars every day so it like actually inflated our budget past my estimates it's which was filmmakers out there you know get a coffee budget yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. it's one of the most important yeah. things when budgeting <clears throat> mm-hmm. a, a, a micro budget film or yeah. even a major budget like uh the the latest uh, pirates of the caribbean it went three times over the budget purely because of coffee Really? Right. No, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, was gonna, I say we're joking but Fun I'm facts. literally for the next one Do planning on every podcast I was. Uh, yeah, I, I, was I don't mind. know if that's a big deal for anyone. No, no, no. <laughs> I was no. stage behind Jeffrey Rush. <laughs> we put we him in his place in the first episode. <laughs> oh, I've yeah. noticed you're talking about. Have you, have, you, have you watched it, Pat? Have you seen him? No, in? I haven't actually. Oh, you got to you got to do it. Anyone got um, pirate copy? <laughs> that's the only way I watch yeah. it. But aren't all copies of that movie pirate copies? No, fucking die. Go fucking die. You left it open. You left it open. So, Pat, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Italian, as we established. Um, so I know you guys have worked, two out of three of you have worked on films with you. Josh, haven't worked for you yet. So it's, uh, yeah, my history is worked in news. Sorry, I'm talking into the microphone. 
Um, started in news and learnt sort of a lot of camera work through there and then just started branching out into, you know, commercials and assisting. You, you a camera operator? Camera or? operator in news for a little bit. Mostly mm. in the office I started, then I got into camera operating and, yeah, I was... Uh, you did trained film? by the guy that trained Philip Bloom, the, for Ooh. those people out there. Um, so he, he taught you how to hit his girlfriend? <laughs> oh, jeez. Sorry. It's, it's with an open hand. It's, with how, you, it's how you don't get in trouble. It's yeah. rough. Um, <laughs> so you went to film school? Yes. Went to film school, yeah, down in Byron Bay. Um, Byron. And actually got to shoot on film. Which is pretty impressive. Ooh, I was yeah. on a set that yeah. shot on film and I got a photo behind the 35mm camera despite the fact that I was only gaffing it. Yeah. But cool. that's like been my, my that was one. was your DP for a while, wasn't it? Your display pic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. It was uh, like, I mean, it pretty much is. I got asked yeah. to send a photo for like a, a thing and that's the only photo of me I have because yeah. I don't take photos of me. Yeah. But it looks good. Yeah. I look really young. I got one when I was on a commercial. I was just holding the camera like this. You know, in my arms. Like yeah, I wasn't even operating. Like a I was film like, camera. Get a photo of me now. <laughs> like, a fil- like a film camera. Film camera. Sixteen mil oh. vision. Oh, sixteen. I know. I remember when I got. Can, first if you look sh- close, you can see my semi chub. <laughs> <laughs> I remember so when I got. It, uh, that's how you're holding it up, isn't it? You got a perch. You got a perch. That's how you <laughs> operate. Take a red camera. Pull focus. Oh Jesus. Um, yeah. I remember when I first shot with a red camera, and I just got, I made the someone take a photo of me next to the red camera, just because I was like, I'm shooting on the camera that Peter yeah. Jackson shot on. Yeah. It's a good time. So, yeah. well, I so guess we should ask. Shot on film. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I still have a tin of unexposed film. 16 mil? Use. Yeah, 16 mil. What's your plan Super with 16. it? Just to I, have it's it? It's sitting in my fridge. It's been in my fridge for like, was it like seven years now? Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we've got to do something. We have to shoot something. Okay, 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 we'll, we'll, something on it. we'll do a thing. <laughs> shotgun. I am not. No, I shotgun from you two. I'm doing the 16 mil film. Yeah. You're none of you are getting it. It's like so just like normal 16 yeah. mil. Yeah, okay. I love the. I specifically love the grain structure in 16 yeah. mil film, even more so than 35 mil, which is weird. Mm. Super 16 is the best. That's that's what it is. Like super a, oh, it is super yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So I specified that. Oh, okay. I've got yeah. a semi chub now. Yeah. Um, uh, so I guess we should ask. We all have semi chubs. Just talking about. I guess we should ask the question because some of yeah. our listeners might not know what is a cinematographer. Well, I guess the title of this episode is "What the fuck is a cinematographer?" Yeah. So, what what the fuck is a cinematographer? Well, I don't even know, and I do it. <laughs> um, you, no, you have worked for both Shane and yeah, I, and we true. can guarantee you have no idea. I still don't know. It's painting with light. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh god. But, but, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I guess on the on the simplest form, mm. you're sort of making the film from a technical point of view in when it comes to camera and lighting. So you do, you are in charge of the <laughs> Shane's like talking to the microphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're in charge of the the supposed the look of the film and how you execute it with cameras and with lighting. Oh, I, I think like because all film is the balance of technical and like, like yeah, art, creativity and like artistry and like and then I believe cinematography is where it's most evident and, mo- and most in its physical form because you see it the most in practice. Yeah, so. but also it should be in some way invisible. People should mm. be just noticing. That part of tell the that film. to tell that to Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Every shot's just like give me yeah, yeah. the Oscar. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Though, and like, he deserves it. Let's he deserves it. it. Yes, yeah. like, like with yeah. editing, if you yeah, exactly, visible, yeah. exactly like, like editing. Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Mm. If you're walking out and the only thing you notice was the shots, then you know that's a bit of a problem. As a but film. see then, but as far as like layman audiences mm. might not, but see then, like I've talked to layman people who like you're essentially the them, photographer of the movie. Yeah, on the most basic form. That is what you yeah. do. It, it, you it's almost as if you are the director of photography. So cinematographers that are normally is, shortened amazing. to DP, which makes for some fun jokes on yeah. set always. Yes, it does. Because... 
Pat's DP'd Why? me. He's DP'd Chance. <laughs> he's, you know, I'll DP anyone. <laughs> you know, me the opportunity. He's a DP whore. Um, <laughs> so how does the lighting and the camera work together? Like both at the same time? Um, yeah. So you're essentially running two departments. Essentially you, have- you are. But, you know, if you have a good gaffer, so the gaffer's in charge of the lighting. He's the head of the electrics. If, if you've got a good gaffer, he can take a lot of that pressure off you in terms of knowing what you need to do. You could just say, look, I want it to look sunset. He'll go like, great, I'll do this, and he'll sort that out. And then you can tweak the lighting. You've got to, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of harmony between the camera and the lenses and, and the kind of lighting that you're using. You've got to work closely with the director as well because you need to know what his vision is or her vision. You can't just do... Or their vision. Or their vision. Yeah, yeah, their vision. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, before you can just go ahead and do whatever you want, so... So, like, I guess, I, well, one question, because mm. I, I still, I've worked on sets and I still, what the fuck is a best boy? Um, oh, yeah, so a best boy is the gaffer's assistant, basically. He's, like, the first assistant to the gaffer. He's his best boy, and that term comes from, like, an old, back in the day, really early cinema, mm. where it was, like, the gaffer would bring, like, their grandkids to work or something, you know, and... <laughs> no, seriously, like... For back, real? Yeah, like, really old school. Yeah, they'd bring, like, some, you know, and they'd just choose the... Their best assistant, and that just became the term. I've actually spoken best to boy. people like on that's mm. worked on like the big budget yeah. films recently, and he's just like, yeah, actually, the best boy is like really important. Like he's yeah, in charge; he time. runs the yeah. people. He like and, you know, gathers he's in the charge troops. of you know the distribution of all the electricity. So mm. you know, if something overloads, it's on them. Mm. You know, they've got to be in charge. Because Gaffer's doing a, a lot of different things. He's, yeah. Yeah. you know, integrating with the DP and like yeah. Oh, so like, like the best boy would be like the most technical job. Yes. Definitely. As far as, far yeah. as lighting Because, like, yeah, yeah. unlike yeah. independent, like, stuff that we do, like, the... Well, we almost don't have best boys well, in yeah, <laughs> Chris. You just, you just get, like, randoms or, like, like hey. It's like, on the, on the big films, from, you like, do. And, like, the best boy isn't, like, a young person. It could be an older yeah. guy or woman well. because, well. like, like on bigger stuff, like, yeah. DP wouldn't even be opping sometimes. He'd be sitting with no. the director. Yeah. And same with the gaffer. And then yeah. that's when they order the troops around. So yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's interesting. Though. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I realized just once again that I forgot to ask the question that yeah, we start every was... episode with. Someone needs to, you guys need to remind me because yeah. I just keep forgetting. I just go straight into the topic. Hey, Shane, what movies have you seen this week? We, as always, we start by asking, what have you been watching? What have movies I've been watching? Okay, we'll, we'll circle back to the topic again. I guess two weeks is not bad. Um, so I watched. Uh, <laughs> I watched a movie called Call Me By Your Name, which is the it's one of the big Oscar front runners at the moment. It's this it won Sundance and it's winning a bajillion awards and it's this like romance about uh, a twenty four year old guy and a seventeen year old guy in Italy. And it's it's shot by a guy who's known for like he's an Italian director and he's known for doing these artsy films. Probably my cousin. <laughs> Probably your cousin. <laughs> uh but I went in really wanting to like it and I didn't. It was not. It It just, I never connected with any of the characters or the emotion of it. There was a couple, there was like three specific sequences where that got like a genuine emotional moment and two of them were these big long takes. There's this one in the middle that's like sublime but then the rest of it's just, I know it just felt like a whole lot of nothing. And I know I'm in the minority because everyone loves this movie to pieces. I just, it, it didn't get me. There's a fun scene though in the middle of it. It's like, because it, it's in Italy and they have their Italian, no, they have their Italian sort of <laughs> yeah. neighbors come yeah. over and they're just, because the, the, the main family of the film is American. They're, just they're living gesticulating in. At each they're other gesticulating and they're gesticulating and they're arguing about moving. They go, la la la, cinema, <laughs> buonel. And they're like, and it's just, and they just keep cutting to the guys watching these two, this couple, this Italian couple like it's bickering. Great. It's the, fu- it got the, <laughs> 
biggest laugh. It was one of my favorite moments in the movie. Um, and then I'm last, just talking about what they want to eat for dinner. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. yeah. like, hey, how are you doing today? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, and then last night I saw a movie called Darkest Hour. Fuck, is it's that an older one? Good. No, no, no. It's one of the new Oscar Beatty ones. Okay. It's it's the one that um, Gary Oldman's probably going to win the Oscar for. He plays Winston that Churchill. That explains your text. Oh, right. I mean, your text. Yeah, yeah. I made your, a post last night. I just said yeah. Gary motherfucking Oldman Which is Facebook. like my feeling every day. I wake up and I'm just this like, is, Gary I motherfucking mean, if, Oldman, am I right? If this doesn't win him the, the Oscar, like nothing will. But like, holy... F- on paper, this movie should be a really Oscar Beatty generic movie. We've mm. talked before about how, like, if it's like a dramatic story, they tend to not shoot it very well because, oh, it's an important story. The camera doesn't totally. need to do anything. Um, Darkest Hour is directed by Joe Wright, who did oh, yeah. Atonement, yeah. Um, Pride and Prejudice, and we won't talk about Pan. Um, but, <laughs> and like, it's like in the same way that, like, Me and Earl the Dying Girl, every fucking shot is so articulated and you would love it. I yeah, think the okay. way they light it is really interesting for a period mm-hmm. thing. They do this scene, they do a scene with like a single bulb lighting the whole scene and cool. they deliberately do it like, they break a lot of rules. Like you're not meant, you're meant to fill people's eyes and you're not meant to shoot it with a bit of green and make people look sick and they yeah. break all of that. And then the camera work is exquisite. It's like, I mean, I, I don't think it's as good of, like my, Atonement for me is like a masterpiece. I watch that one every year. This one is close too. There's like a couple of moments that I didn't love and they do the titles at the end of the historical movie, which I'm a bit sick of. I mean, there's no one who like doesn't the, know how World War II ended, yeah, let's put right. it that way. So like we don't need to know, oh, they such and such happened, but mm. the, every historical movie does it. But yeah, and then I've also been reading the script for The Post because that movie doesn't come out until next year for us. That's the Spielberg. It looks like apparently someone tweeted about it and they said if you thought Spotlight had boring camera work, which I did, Mm -hmm. uh, they said if you thought Spotlight had boring camera work, you should watch the post because it's like Robert Zemeckis on a Coke bender. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that that has sold me on this movie so much. That's a Spielberg one, isn't it? Yes, Spielberg. Janusz. Janusz Janusz. Window light, camera? Yeah. window did light, he, everything is window light. Director at the same time as Ready Player One as well. Like, Pretty he, much, yeah. he didn't want. Like, he, I, no, I think he shot Ready Player One already. They were doing in post, so and just then like he just literally drugs make two movies. Yeah, no, just Spielberg, like, Spielberg just can just go into it. Spielberg, he like, shot and did that one in 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 a year. He shot that yeah, one and on finished it. it within a year. He's nuts. It's like Ridley Scott with uh, Christopher Plummer, like reshooting all those scenes. <laughs> yeah, he could, he could, he could, uh, he could. He found the time to reshoot Christopher Plummer in in a week before it gets released, but couldn't find brown people for that movie set in Africa. Wrong episode, Jane. <laughs> Priorities. We'll go around the other way, Pat. What have you been watching this week? Yeah, I haven't watched much. Actually, I watched Star Wars, but. That's probably not now. It's not the time. I saw, well, that was this well, morning, no, 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 wasn't it? a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think now this will yeah. be like the third episode in a row where we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I saw your Facebook comment. I wasn't impressed at all. No, not really. From, it, was, it was kind of from a story or a technical point of view. From yeah, from a story point of view. Really? Yeah. yeah. You're wrong. You're no, tell right, me. No, bitch. tell me. They made, I feel like I missed something. I, don't I feel know, like it, just, no, no. it didn't get. It didn't grab me like as much. I think. I think what what grabbed it for me is that it. I've never gone into a blockbuster film mm. and really been surprised mm. with very few exceptions. And At this, what part? Uh, Snoke. Yeah. Uh, Ray, you're not special. Mm. Uh, you're oh, no one. 
the way it ended. I think I was totally expecting Laura Dern to be evil all the time because that's what they always do in every movie. It's that supporting character that's yeah. important, it, but they it never was, she was going to be the Lando Carissian. Yeah, mm. that's and what then, I was expecting. No, no, no. She gets like the crown, like that. You got to admit that moment where she hyperspeeds through the the, the that was it was that was amazing. That was she should have done it like straight up. Yeah. <laughs> everyone to get killed and be like, I oh, will yes. admit, you know? as soon as she did it, I was like, why didn't you do that yeah, earlier? That was Come like, on. yeah, but it was that was badass. That, that was, was that was pretty cool. cool. And I thought, uh, I th- from a visual, like I was talking about this earlier, like from a visual point of view, I think it lacked a lot of that very kinetic mm. back and forth that the Force Awakens has because I watched Force Awakens yeah, and totally. Last Jedi back to back. But I thought, from a story point of view, I thought they were actually like making. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, but they were making decisions. Like I've, I, I've never been surprised in a blockbuster mm. like that before, especially something like Star Wars. Yeah. So you expect The Force Awakens. I think that's why it's so divisive. Everyone's like, it's the worst movie in the world. But I was just happy that I got to be surprised yep. in a big budget movie because that just never happens. Mm. It never happens. I got, you have to go to like a, a weird cinema two hours away to see a movie that surprises yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, like it was messy, but it was confronting and it was like, but it was kind of what... I prefer to like the cookie cutter. Like it's going to pander to what the audience wants. Yeah. Next it, yes. it, it was the Iron Man three of this. Uh, of yes, the Star Wars. One hundred percent. Yes. Do you reckon? I think so. Did you like, what, what were your views on Iron Man? 3? I loved Iron Man. 3. Oh, okay, yeah. I absolutely loved it. Thank you. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Iron Man three yeah. is well. We've said this before. It's our favorite Marvel movie yeah, oh, just yeah, ever. Totally. Yeah. I mean, but that's 100%. Shane Black. Yeah. Shane Black. Does oh it. my god! Shane yeah, Black should make the next that's Star all I've Wars. This week, I haven't. You didn't watch anything? TV shows? TV shows. I just finished The Punisher. Oh, oh, nice. How is it? Did you like it? Um, it was a bit slow. Kind of moved okay. at like an iceberg pace. I was kind of like, where's the action at? That's kind of why I got into it. I was like, I just want to see, <laughs> like, yeah, see him smoke punisher. some bastards and it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. But it just kind of... You know, it was a lot of him having nightmares. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, <sighs> oh, I don't really care. Is there a lot of monologuing? <laughs> oh, no. You, you no, were not really. No. Cool. Oh, thank God. That's okay. great. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. too much of that endeavor. What have you been watching, Josh? Oh, yeah, no, that's fine, guys. <laughs> We're just throwing it up. We're throwing it uh, up. I just not too much. Um, just been rewatching Mystery Science Theater. Mystery Science nice. Theater. I need to watch that. Everyone yeah. raves about it. Yeah, it's a fun time. Fill me in. I haven't heard of it. So it's yeah. basically like. Kind of like a comedy show. Yeah, like, well, what's the story don't of they it like exactly? Comment, don't they, they like really play have a story? They the do sentence. have a story though, and that's the weirdest thing. Because when I first watched it, I was like, "Yeah, I'll just, I'll just watch this." No, fun but they try and in the, the eighth season try to force a story, and then they abandoned it. Oh, okay. Isn't so, it like they watch other pop culture things and comment on it? They watch really bad movies, but it, the idea is that like this <laughs> evil scientist has trapped this guy to watch bad movies and make him insane. And, but he's got robot companions and then they comment on the movie. So they actually play in a movie and then like they silhouette Just the whole movie them. or like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, they silhouette, silhouette them, them down the bottom. Down the bottom <laughs> and they just do... It's basically just commentaries on movies. Yeah. But like really bad movies. So it's just, like, like, how did this get made almost? Uh, kind of, but they're watching yeah. the movie at the same time. It's, it's like a, a yeah, wow. comedy commentary okay. sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Very fun. And yeah, and it's like a bunch of like a lot of miniatures and all that. So it's like very quirky and like oh, cool. I've seen I've seen clips yeah. and stuff. It's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, the that's new the one. New one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the new one I haven't watched yet. It's, Is it Felicia Day? Who's yeah, it? Felicia Day and Pat Oswalt. Nice, oh, Pat Oswalt. Yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. That's good. Okay, what have you been watching, Chancer? Um, so uh, surprise, surprise, I watched Bowfinger because still that's riding that high. That's from, a great film from the Disaster Artist. I went Disaster <laughs> Artist, <laughs> Edward, and Bowfinger because like Bowfinger kind of structured. How not how I want it, it was the reason why I really wanted to make uh movies, uh, Bowfinger and just reading like all of Peter Jackson's old work, like uh, Bad Taste and stuff. Uh, and yeah, it's it's just a fun movie, 
you about only how put me onto that made. recently. Have we had this conversation? I feel like we've had this conversation probably. before. Probably. Have you watched it like twice this year? Yeah. <laughs> probably. Oh, okay. It's such a. I. I. I didn't. Ex- when I remember when that movie came out and I saw the trailers for it and I had no idea what it was, so I never paid attention. And then you. You told me the story. It's like. Steve Martin's like a, a con artist kind of filmmaker. He's trying to make a low budget thing, and then they make the film around a big star who doesn't know he's in. Who doesn't, doesn't know he's in the movie? Him, and I was like, "This is the best idea I love how he ever!" Because they just approach him, like the actors just start acting, <laughs> and, and, and the fact and he's that like, he's who the hell are you? Clearly a Scientologist, so he's like, "Oh my god, the aliens are out to get me!" <laughs> so good. <laughs> so oh, good. Oh, good. I love that film. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, now we'll circle back to to so what's cinematography again? What are we talking so what's about? What's cinematography? Well, you you mentioned earlier about photography. It's coffee. Oh, and donuts, yes. uh, coffee and donuts. Cinema? Isn't that that's a name? That's in that. No, coffee and cigarettes is Paul Thomas Anderson's first short. Um, yeah. it was, uh, coffee and donuts is Adam Green's first feature film yeah. that hasn't been released because he had like copyrighted music all through it. Shane's um, fun facts. <laughs> Shane's fun facts <laughs> today. That, that finishes Shane's fun facts. Um, you mentioned before about the the director cinematographer relationship. What is that to you? It is probably the most important thing of a film. If you don't have a good relationship. If there's no clear communication, you're kind of screwed. So it's like dating. <laughs> Essentially. You know, and you can have sex if you want. I think it works better. Like, think we, to be honest, you yeah. can DP each other. <laughs> the DP, DPing, it's like DPception. <laughs> That's disgusting. But it's, it's very important um, because you both need to be clear and there's got to be a lot of communication with the style and the visual language and, you know, what you're trying to achieve together i found this weird thing because there's a lot of directors i meet who seem to have no like or cinematographers even like bad cinematographers Mm. who don't seem to like the impression that a lot of people get is the cinematographer picks the shots and everything like that and to me i know like there are some filmmakers and and dps that do that and it works really great for them but to me like if if you the difference between a dolly in and a dolly out or a dolly sideways or a still shot or a different frame changes the entire context of a story Absolutely. so to me the job of a director is to pick that and you obviously work with your cinematographer and this and because i mean you and i have like a, just a great working relationship we've working together for like five yeah. years now yeah. and so we'll come moved to sydney just to get away from me yeah, people know that i'm Living in Sydney now. So Living in Sydney. Everyone can suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you just turn the corner in Sydney, every street's full of someone willing to do that, isn't it? Kings um, <laughs> Cross, man. <laughs> um, but because we have like, I remember when we first worked and it was like, mm. Uh, a, a little, I think the first thing we ever shot together was it was, it was the first shot in Carol's my movie that went nowhere oh, yeah, and yeah. We, that tracking shot oh wait that tra- yeah, yeah. a tracking shot shot yeah. something on we Carol's? shot a scene from Carol's there wow. is one scene from Carol's that has been shot yeah. I need to see this I can show it to you. Uh, it looks cool because yeah. we just shot it like a Christmas stuff. But anyway, it was like a tracking shot. And I remember I'd, I'd said it in the initial because I'm like, I have very specific and kind of out there ideas um, that don't always work. I'm not going to pretend like I'm, I know what I'm doing all the time. But, and I, I remember you were kind of like, Are you sure you want to do this in one? <laughs> like, I was like, Yeah, it's a walk and talk, a two shot, the whole movie. And you're like, you sure you don't want to just camera here and a cut here and a cut here? <laughs> And I'm like, no, 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 just just yeah. all in one. And then obviously that makes it like way harder for you because you have to light <laughs> near 360 degrees yeah. or, or thereabouts. Yeah. So you have to like hide a light in the side. But we were right because it, it was at a house. It was just packed with Christmas lights. Yeah. So we had plenty of light. Um, but there was a few points where they get there's a lot of dialogue happening and they're quite dark. So we had to, you know, yeah. light it without seeing the light. You know, what we, you we didn't create. have a lot of, you know. You need to create some sort of light 
on the end of a stick. <laughs> oh my god! Light on, light on a stick. Is that, I have to ask because I saw like another set. That is that just a common thing that happens everywhere? Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, it's a very common practice. We just made a big deal out of it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, because on 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 Red Curtain Hell, which is my feature film, uh, they today. sorry, by, well, yes, yeah, you can rent a riot. I'll do yeah. a pimp for it at yeah. the end of the episode, yeah. and we have a special discount code for you. Ooh. Um, but uh, there was this light on a stick and stick with a light on it, and they were like competing brands. <laughs> In the down, we had a, we had a bit of downtime. We, we, we downtime. were making terrible ads without light on the stick. Um, but yeah, no. So, so like I and I, because I, I'm not a fan of just like very generic coverage. Which I think that's where. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how often do you? Inc- you've worked with a couple of different directors yeah. now. Yeah. What's your sort of preferred way of of going about it? And if you don't say me, you can leave right now. <laughs> Shane, you're the best I've ever worked with. Um, no, nah, thanks, man. That's yeah, fine. So chance to shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> generic coverage. Yeah, it kind of hurts my soul a little bit, you know, when they're like, we'll just do a couple over the shoulders and some close-ups. And it's, like, it's when you sure? see the movies. It's when you see the movies that just exist in overs and yeah, two shots. It's a lot of American comedies these days. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's mm. just yeah, lock the camera off and let them be idiots. And yeah, it's why something sucks. like and even and not even necessarily that. Even like like British dramas mm. are shot like that as well, which is what made Darkest Hour really unique. Is they they move in that yeah. camera. They yeah. do a lot of. And you should. You're in cinema. Like you can move things. Yeah, you shouldn't just be locked off and all the time. You know? Yeah, like, and there's no. It doesn't. People. I saw this like excuse where it, like it detracts from the story. I'm like, but if all you're no, interested in is the plot and the dialogue and the characters, do you theater? Yeah, because that's what theater is. Yeah. There's no camera there. Whereas camera, mm. to me, camera and camera movement and the edit are the two things that are inherent to cinema and cinema alone. Yeah. And if you're not using them, it's like you know, if if you were to go to Don't an actor, George Lucas it up basically. Yeah. Don't just stick on a tripod and pan left. Yeah, right. um, but Couple like tilt. two cameras, right? Two, yeah. Yeah. I find like the people who sort of like you wouldn't go to an actor and give them the script and say, "Now I don't need you to do emotions or anything." If you just say the words, then that's enough. And like, like people treat the camera like that. They say, "As long as the camera's looking at things we need to see in order to understand the plot, yeah. that's all it should be doing." And I find that such a shit. I think another another point I want to, as a cinematographer and with that director relationship is to both of you having a good understanding of the visual language. Yeah which incorporates camera movement and, you know, all kinds of like lighting technique, you know, turning lights off, turning, you know, whatever it is, you guys need to be 100% in sync when that comes to because you yeah. can you can develop so much, something so much better than just locked off cameras. And, and what sort of helps do that in your mind? Obviously, I mean, I like, have like, yeah, like having a good knowledge of films and watching mm. other movies that yeah. do that well um, and just experimenting yourself if you're making films, you know, even if it's just little crap. Also, you can go out and I think go out and just I think it. I always admire a film that tries to do more overreaches. Yes. Like I mean we have a sequence in the middle of Red Curtain Hell where it's a ninety degree yeah. tilt for like three and a half minutes. Yeah. How was in, that Pat? <laughs> Uh, I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> we we, just just, we Alex. injured, we injured <laughs> camera our camera operator's yeah. wrist like permanently because we did Poor 18 Alex. takes of the tilt yeah. back down and, yeah. he, and fu- he had to roll lens, the camera. So yeah. Big lens, oh, fun times. But no, I think like one of the things Shout we did... Shout out to Alex's wrist for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that um, he had to change to other hands for, yep. for wanking. Um, uh, but we, we, I mean, we did a lot of things. You, you had a really cool thing. You just got like... And I can't believe I didn't think of this. You just got like stills from other films and, yep. and packed them. We had like a meeting where we just sat down. You went through your iPad and said, oh, I was looking at this. I was yeah, so at basically this. at the start of a film, like in pre-production, yeah. you, you develop like a lookbook or what's yeah. called a look. Yeah. And you just you source photography, you source stills Arts, from movies, colors, yeah. shots. Even yeah. you, 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 like you even made the little like... Um, I made a... I made a, I called like it a, mood a I called it like, I, like they're called mood reels yeah. or, or ripomatic. Yeah. But I just called it a reference reel because it was yeah. literally just shots that were kind of like what I was after what and a tone. And I just sent that. And what was really cool is that 
when you do that prep work, mm-hmm. what happens is when you're coming in with an idea of a shot, yeah. you can say you you do it and it fits the movie. It yeah. doesn't look like someone stopped to it's make like another thing. And then you can also you yeah. can also like hold me accountable when I'm kind of stepping out of the round. I know in, in Red Curtain Hell we had a moment where I was like, I want a jib shot. <laughs> and Pat was the only one who was like, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> no, no, no. But to his credit, he was like, okay, fine. Yeah. Set up the jib. Yeah. Do it. It took like 20 minutes to set it up. We did it. And I'm like, fuck, I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ditch the jib. Shame to say he was wrong. It's on record. And that's, that's, I think, the best kind of relationship. That's a good relationship. You've got to be honest. You've got to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, because otherwise and then there, and then there were moments where we we had like a shot in on a conversation and you wanted to take it directly from the side and I said no no turn it at like a diagonal mm. you're like no no and like do that and then afterwards you're like yeah no that was the better <laughs> one and I'm like yes Being able one to for admit me you were right I I say on uh, in, on, be, on pizza deliverance yeah. that you shot for me yeah. there was one specific moment in that opening conversation where I originally wanted this big wide mm. across and then I forgot who talked me out of it but I was like yeah no no you're right. And then, so I was just going to have two shot of them coming up the door. And yeah. you were like, hey, why don't we do this epic wide shot over yeah, here? Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, can we? You're like, yeah, of course we can. There we go. It's done. I'm like, well, fuck yeah, that's sick. Yep. That's when they're going from the car to yeah. the door. Yeah, that's a nice one. And, and, and yeah, it, it, it's definitely. just so much nicer than, oh, let's let's look at them on the front end. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're on the front. Woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Josh, you've done, you've been a cinematographer on, on uh, is it just the one short so far? Yeah. What was your experience? Uh, two shorts. Like, not, two shorts. Uh, yours. Yours. Yeah, your, oh, right. your oh, right. Wait. 48 hour. Yes, yeah. sorry, no, I, I forget that I did that one. Um, as far as like, <laughs> what's your experience <laughs> working with it? Because you want to be a director, but so you've stepped onto being a cinematographer. Yeah, well, I, I've grown up with a philosophy because I, I love all aspects of film. Like understanding each component of a film is important to being a director. So um, doing a lot of like camera camera work or doing like an AC in order, it's like inform me, but like the cinematography is a much different beast. Um my experience was interesting with you. I enjoyed it a lot more because <laughs> um, we. Were but we were. Clear. That was a very run and gun. That was shooting. Yeah. By that the was hip- run and gun. But uh, I think taking away lessons from both for like communication is absolutely key. Um, it can't just be one person planning everything, and like you yeah. kind of got to have the open dialogue and honesty. I have to. I I find I need to work on that because I'll come into a thing and I'll just be like and have my own thing, and I kind of don't let people in and I have to open up. I think it helps that we've worked together for so long. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so I, I, I have that exact same problem, which is why uh, in one of our easier trimesters at uni, I specifically became a DP that entire, so I could learn how other people talk to their DPs. Mm-hmm. And I think with uh, the one I DP'd for you, Josh, that was a much easier sort of thing because of the way we shot it and because of the whole way it was structured. Yeah, we had a clear... Like, yeah, whereas the other one, for. it had much... It, it, it was more me just like doing my thing mm. rather than any real communication. Uh, but that definitely helped me when I was working with uh, you, Pat, because I don't know how it was for you, but it was definitely easier than the last time I directed and me and my DP were at each other's necks the entire time. Yeah. Well, I'll, gi- I'll give you actually, because <laughs> working for both of you guys yeah. is very different in terms mm. of mm. what you expect out of me and what you expect out of yeah. me. So like with you, Chance Day, when, when we did Pizza Deliverance, you were kind of open to like mm. what I wanted to do a lot more, whereas Shane, because you've got your vision, you're a lot more, okay, I want to do it like this. Yeah. And you go, okay, cool. Whereas with you, I was kind of like, okay, well, I was giving you ideas and thoughts, what yeah. I would do, and you would either go, yeah, cool, or so, nut. So I'm the nut, see, aren't you're I? The <laughs> fucking Nazi. See, that, that was yeah, me yeah. on L plates, yeah. and I realized that me and, uh, me and uh, my DP at the time yeah. got it. So I was like, you know what, I have to learn. And so specifically, the music video I did. Yeah. 
it was much more open. And by open, I mean I did most of it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that was that, that was really it's good like, to it's, give it's, me a bit more freedom. It's gonna be bad because like sometimes you walk onto a set and the director's like, oh, what do you reckon? And so you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, mm. I would do this, this, and this. And that's why having that conversation prior to filming yeah. to make sure you're on the same level because I could be like, let's do a crazy, you know, Dutch tilt, and you're like, that's kind of not what I'm going for. Yeah. So it's good to well, be I on the same page and having that, that crazy mood rule and that lookbook and you know, yeah. yeah, it's good so that you're both working from the same sort of source material. I that think crazy I, Dutch tilt you chucked into pizza, by the way, because like I had a very different idea of how to shoot that. The gun like, when she's holding the gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's when, no, that's one of my favorite shots. Yeah. <laughs> that one was awesome. Yeah. Everything else was I terrible. think yeah, on, no. on, on our feature <laughs> film, that, like even we'd been working together for a while, but on our feature film, we really because when you're doing when you're doing a short, there's only so much you have to shoot, and Absolutely. so but when we were doing a feature, there was just so much to do, and we ended up finding a really cool rhythm where I would because I reckon when I was like trying to explain like everything to you at once, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work, and then I and story of my life, and you you, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you, you, you started this really good thing, you were like just. Block it out. Yeah. Show me what the scene is. Well, let's talk about and that. That's a good. That's a good that's point a good to bring up for directors as well. Mm. You know, I've worked with you know sort of earlier in my career, and people are like, okay, let's you know, you start putting lights up, and you're kind of like, wait, what are we shooting here? So the director comes on and kind of blocks the scene, and you go, okay, so that's where they're going to stand. That's where they're going to be. You can set up a camera. You can set up a shot together, or you can even help the director and go, okay, let's let's bring them a bit closer, or let's move them away from that wall so you can create depth. Yeah, I yeah. think blocking the scene, like that is something, that's a big thing that cinematographers can help a director with, especially a director who's not as experienced. Right. So the actor turned director. Well, because they're the ones who are coming from a point of view of, of acting and yeah, script but, and they don't totally, necessarily like, know the it's, camera. It's not just that. It's like you, you, a lot of directors, this is just like a general statement, but you know, a lot of the directors are usually the least experienced people on set. Yeah, in terms of it's the one job being, on a set that yeah, doesn't yeah. have a, a, a like a, a, a learning process or rather really. to walk. If you've up. written something and someone's given you funding, you're the director and you've never done a movie before. You don't understand the process, the time it takes. So having you know a cinematographer to help you block scenes because that's a very important part yeah. is you know it's essential. Yeah, it's very essential. I find, and what we would do, what I would do to prep it then is mm. once we got, and we got into that after like the first, but yeah, we got into third a of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah um, the first third of the first week, and then I got into a thing where I would go, what I would do at home before we go on a set is I would draw because I used to write like lines down the page and think of shots in that way, and it was just kind of a weird way, and it didn't help with communication. What I did was I started drawing top down maps. Yep. I'd draw the actor works here, the actor, and I'd point to where the camera was, mm. and so then I knew where it would be, and then I'd block the actors. I'd say this is what it is and this is what I'm thinking for the camera and you say I like that I like that if we move that to here and put that here and then we yep. knew what we needed to light for each thing and then yep. we got into a rhythm and that's how we were able to do we did uh, one scene one day which was seven and a half hours and we did 15 pages yeah. which is nuts smash that out it was good Jesus. and I didn't even have a first AD on that day yeah. <laughs> that was that was that was because we were just desperate to finish it on time hooray low budget it's awesome that's, that's when you really learn a lot yeah when it's when you minimal, but that's where you yeah I mean know. that's how like you know film noir is like seen as like this kind of height of oh, cinematography and it literally that. came about because people didn't have the budget no. for lights yep. and so they just used shadows and stuff and it just and it just makes some of the it's most innovative hard. work right right oh, yeah. <laughs> so is it like good good and bad cinematography what's what what's the difference yeah it's it, See, for me, and this is something I've noticed you're really good at, Pat, because, like, uh, when I do cinematography, I... I was worried that was going somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you're shit, Pat, but me... Talk about bad cinematography. Specifically, uh, when I do cinematography, I... I am quite good at very stylistic stuff, Mm. like harsh backlighting, sort of, of like, noir stuff. Yeah. But I think the key to good cinematography, because I don't think I'm a good cinematographer, if you're able to make a normal house look 
good and people don't go, that looks shit. If they just go, that's a house scene mm. and they don't think it looks shit, mm. that is the key to a good cinematographer. Because, okay. like, there are a lot of moments in pizza where yeah. I'm like, this is just a fucking room. Yeah. But it looks nice. You've created that depth, the, the, the light. You're lighting in layers as well. There's a lot yeah. of background. Because the default, what a lot of people do when it's just like a house, when it's like a talky movie, it's just like a drama or something. Bounce off just, the roof. Bounce, like they just shoot it really I'm guilty flat. guilty of that, I was saying. You know, you it's the first thing you do when you, you're learning. You just bounce 2K off the roof. Off the roof. That's, <laughs> I mean, that was most everything. roofs are white, so you don't get, and, and most walls and houses are like this gross cream yeah. paint, and it yeah. just, just kills the colour. It's yeah. so filthy. It's, it, but they, like, so they shoot it flat, is sort of what. Yeah. Is the the bad job? They just light it, it up. Light it up. I, I yeah. think that the biggest uh, thing you've got to try as a cinematographer, every yeah. cinematographer has to try this, is shooting inside an old Queenslander because old <laughs> oh. Queenslanders. I look remember that fucking gross. Yeah, they're yeah. so painful. Yeah, they are painful. And uh, if you're able to make an old Queenslander look good, give you the fucking Oscar, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of examples of bad cinematography. You guys. Might have movies that you've seen and you go, Ooh. oh, just like a lot of what Italian movies, yeah. Sort of stuff. Yeah. I found like something like right, uh, off the, the Italian ones, right? The Big Sick, yeah. Like that was a movie yeah, where yeah. it's just it's like the visuals are very bland on that movie. It's had great story, great actors, yeah. but the visuals are very bland, and it feels like they were like, oh no, we're going to focus on this. Whereas to me, a good movie, it's everything mm. working in connection with Absolutely. everything else. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think it's it's also a bit criminal, you know, to underutilize the cinematography yep. of film because that's. You know, I want to when I go to the movies. I want to see something that's taken a lot of effort Whoa. and time to achieve. Something yeah. I can't just do in my my place you know, yeah. with a lamp. You know, and go, yeah, that's great. Well, the- Cinematography is really dialogue in itself. Like it's mm. like it, it can subtract or embellish intent Absolutely. or subtext yeah. or anything. Yeah. So it's and like, the best it's ones, the one, someone like Roger Deakins, he's mm. worked on really big, like something big and stylistic, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. But yeah. then you look at something like The Shawshank Redemption, where that's not a an extravagant lighting movie and yet it the details he puts into everything or something like Prisoners as well oh, was just oh. phenomenal. He should have won for that one. Uh, I got, yeah, should have won, won for, for Skyfall. Yeah. Oh, I love Skyfall and the cinematography. And that yeah, because yes. and that's such a great mix of both mm-hmm. things. Yep. I think, although speaking, you mentioned lamps, something I've noticed and it's only since we, so we shot a short that was set in like a, a bed and the whole movie was just this shot of yeah, above a bed yeah, and we had yep. a very important thing about finding lamps because yep. we wanted we needed practicals and then we'd stylize stuff around it. Yeah. And ever since that movie, I've noticed that you watch any movie ever and every lamp in the house is turned it's on. Turned on, yeah. yeah. Even the ones in the background. In but, daytime. Yeah. In the daytime, the lamps are yeah. switched on. And I'm saying this, any, any listeners, I'm saying this now, you watch any movie. I said it to my mum and now my mum cannot unsee yeah, that lamps. every lamp is turned on in a movie. Yeah. You've just and officially think, ruined movie watching experience for yes. thousands of people. Everyone, like, why well, are the lamps on? Why are the lamps idea, on? Cause I, you do, because then you can use it as a source and you yeah. can motivate it with, with bigger... You've and you can do things works. like on our film, we yeah. stuck a pair of pink panties over the lamp Perfect. and it made it, like it's it you know, coloured it. And then we used a little dito with some red filter yeah. on the front and it looked... Which you, know, you stole straight yeah. out of La La Land, by the way. Still, it was still hilarious. Still we, were, we literally we watched La La Land like two days before we <laughs> shot that movie. We need some panties on the light. <laughs> <laughs> the, the moment I saw that, I yeah. was like, fucking La La Land. It's already good though, didn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, I it's, uh, Well, I thought if you're like doing, if you're going to become a cinematographer, because I've just bought like, not to become a cinematographer, but I've bought lights because hiring them is a pain in the ass. Yeah. And I've just bought like a set of lights. And I realized, I'm like, if you wanted to be like a guy with your own kit, you, if you're in a cinematographer, you just invest in buying like hundreds of lamps of all different <laughs> kinds. And then just like whatever movie, you just bring a stack of lamps and you're good. But you have to find the ones that. A whole bunch of bulbs, different wattage. Yeah, different yeah. wattage, different colors. 150 oh. watts. They're, they're amazing. 
That would be like, that would be like, because I don't know any cinematographers that have a kit of lamps and practicals. That would usually come from art department, having lamps. Does it? Yeah, big time. But you would, the gaffer would bring a lot. I've I've been on, I've, I've worked on a set. Like early days as a runner, and the gaffer had literally like a case of just bobs. Oh, Beautiful, I'm hoping like it's like right. And you, we had to take them all out and screw them. He had like a really? one of those rope lights. All oh, right, we, we put in all specific wattage kind yep. of you know bulbs and these these string lights and looked amazing. I'm hoping it came like out of a pelican case that they like specifically pulled out the foam for every single every single <laughs> little to, bulb. Four people had to carry the pelican case. It's yeah. Very delicate. Yeah, put it down gently. You've worked yeah. on quite a few stuff though. You were on Pacific Rim too, weren't you? I, I did a, a day on a day or two <laughs> on second. You. Yeah, uh, didn't mean anyone famous, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, you didn't stand you behind on, Jeffrey Rush. No, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> you worked on Clint Eastwood's son wasn't there, so it was like, <laughs> it's a bit disappointing. Clint, that's how he's known, Clint Eastwood. Son, that's how famous he is. What's his actual name? Scott Eastwood. Scott. I was going to say no one knows. Like. <laughs> I was going to assume Eastwood. Eastwood. You've done TV. Is there like a difference between the way they do TV and the way they do? I mean, you've worked on you've worked on some reality. Like, I mean, I've, I've done reality. Yes, I've worked on reality. I haven't done. Haven't done. No, I haven't done TV drama. But I assume TV drama would be very similar to feature film work. Um, Whereas reality, reality, they it's they put a lot less time in lighting. It's just let's just light it up. Um, and but let's not just bounce it off the wall. They they do put a lot more effort into it, but it's very it's very always flat. Okay, yeah, people are just well, I've seen nicely. pictures and they have those giant blimps that are just yeah, full well, of light. Yeah, well, we had it on uh, when I was on the Bachelor to to light the the mansion at night. They have these balloon lights which are like six k wattage, mm. and they're in like a uh, diffusion, which is beautiful. But they can do it nowadays where they, they only need a six, you know, one or two of those, and a, a lot of the cameras they're shooting on are, they're shooting at like two thousand ISO. Yeah. And it looks fucking great. You know what I mean? So they, they haven't really tried too hard to make it look great. It's just lit. And the cameras sort of do the rest because it's very shallow. Yeah. They, they shoot on quite long lenses. It's shallow in both. It's shallow in both. Content and form. You know, they put fairy lights everywhere and that shit makes it look amazing. And it's oh, yeah, emotionally very, very light, shallow oh, too. did it in your film. Yeah, yeah we, we were fairy like lights. fairy lights fucking everywhere. <laughs> and it looked fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Bokey, best. man. Yeah. Bokeh's the shit. Well, like a good cinematography because like a lot of people think, oh, it's the one, you know, the one I kept hearing about was when Australia, the Baz Luhrmann movie came mm. out and that's like, that's the cinematography is amazing. I'm like, it's pretty. It is pretty. But it almost felt disconnected from, some of it was really good mm. and then some of it felt really disconnected from the rest of the movie. I think yeah. when it's when it has a connection to the, the world that's going on, I think that's when it really, it sells something. When it's saying something, it's not just existing. I feel yeah. like uh, Baz Luhrmann in particular... I think his style is too much for something like Australia, whereas Moulin Rouge or um, oh, that's such Romeo Plus Juliet, uh, those two, the cinematography suited that Hyper-realistic kind of Hyper-realistic yeah. kind of. It suited the world it was in. It was saying but something. Uh, whereas, have you seen The Great Gatsby? Uh, no, that I haven't have you? Yeah, I quite enjoyed that. I, l- yeah. I fucking I it. loved that It was, it was that one movie. of the few movies they shot in 3D that I actually enjoyed. The 3D, 3D on it was yeah. phenomenal. I, they did a thing like right at the beginning because I always thought, oh, if I ever got to do 3D, I wouldn't want to just have shots that are 3D. I said I'd want to like fuck with the movement of 3D in that space of depth. Yeah. And right at the opening of that movie, they have like, you know, that uh, that filigree, that sort of uh, uh, 20s what do you call it? Art deco. Art deco style. Art deco filigree. And then it like accordions out and then you drive through it to the green light. And the second I watched that, I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted to do with 3D if I ever got to do it. But now it's kind of dying, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, no, I wouldn't see it. Have you ever shot 3D? No. And I don't really have any interest to. Really? I I don't. The project would have to be 
right for it. Yeah. You, you, I wouldn't shoot it just for the... Something like gravity or... Yeah. 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 Exactly. Although you weren't a big fan of gravity. I wasn't. But you see, you saw it, <laughs> you saw it at home, not in 3D. On a pirated version. <laughs> oh well, that makes sense. That, if you saw it in the theater, isn't it? That's that's one of those movies where uh, it's like it's, it's a, like it's Avatar too. I've only ever yeah. seen Avatar on the cinema. Yeah, I'm worried because I'm worried if I watch it at home in 2D, it it's going to lose anything that got me, and then I'll realize that it's just a shitty Pokemon. Which, yes. yeah. Which is kind of what happened to yeah. Avatar. Yeah. People yeah. watched yeah. it on DVD. Well, yeah. it's getting to my point about like when in my list I got Dunkirk on there, but like it's like, do I want to watch it again? Not on 70 millimeter. I know, I did it. I watched, so I saw it. So you, you actually, Pat, Josh, and I went and saw it in seventy mil. This is Dunkirk, the Christopher Nolan movie, was phenomenal. And about a week later, I saw it on DCP, mm. and there's such a tangible difference. Yeah, right. I didn't, I didn't think there because there was a point before the Hate Flake came out where I was like, I guess film versus digital is a, is a good topic to talk about with cinematography. Yeah. Um, I was kind of in that mood, in that frame of mind, where I was like does it really make a difference now? Because, yeah, the film, but, you know, bad prints, bad projection, digitally you have, you can replicate the film. It's going to be very consistent across all things. But then I saw The Hateful Eight on 70 mil and I hadn't seen something on film in a very long time. And it's the Roadshow version too. It's longer and I think it's actually better story-wise. And the the difference, you could feel it just in the the flicker and all that kind of thing. And the same thing with... Dunkirk, and then I went and saw it in DCP, and I felt with Dunkirk, and I don't know whether or not it's because I knew how the time stretching in that movie worked, going into it the second time, plus the 70 mil. I didn't like it as much the second time. still yeah. love it. I still think it's a masterful movie, but it was just fractionally. Was it, was it because of the cinematography you didn't enjoy it, like being a digital um, projection? It didn't. It, it felt flat. And it's a weird way to say because that movie is not flat. That mm. movie is so well made from a technical perspective. Absolutely. It just, I don't know, it just felt, there was something about it. I don't know whether it's because it's a period piece mixed with film. If it was like a modern day movie, it might be a little different. I don't know if that is part of it. Like film, we associate with that older kind of feel. And I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird discussion. What, what's your view on film versus digital? Oh, it's the, it's the age old discussion at the mm. moment i think age old is in like 20 years age, age old is <laughs> yeah. like 20 years since digital's come around um yeah it's definitely one of those i think digital has opened up a lot of avenues for for filmmakers especially it's, filmmakers. it's democratized it, it in time, a very big, big way it. in terms of you know like the purists just wanting to shoot on film i don't think film will die it's, yeah it's no. definitely a tool for your story more than anything. Yeah, it's for, um, for whatever. If the story justifies I, you I, shooting on it. Exactly. Yeah. And I still shoot photography on film. I love shooting medium format film. We it's, can, just, it's stunning. Our audience can find you on Instagram. And they can, can they? find me on Instagram at patrick.co. Um, <laughs> that would be it. And yeah, I think film, if you were going to shoot on film, I think it's, it's a lot warmer. It's more, to, to me, this is really like deep. It kind of represents your memories. You know, you remember things, but it's not always... Perfect. It's why it worked, I think, very much in La La Land. It's a little bit fantasy. It's like, you, you know, your memories aren't always spot on, but you have this, you, it well, feels real. I think it was really effective in Blue Valentine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. And like, you look at La La Land, like, you couldn't do that in digital. And no, no, it way. just would, it would Especially it would, those. It had no soul. Especially yeah. those, um, those, those scenes oh, with the purple skyline. Yeah. And that yeah. was all in camera. They beautiful. didn't post process no. that. They didn't even use the chemical process. I know Christopher Nolan, mm. no digital on like pretty much all of it except for when they made it into a TCP. He like colour corrected in chemical That's baths cool. and all awesome. stuff. It's so I, good. I like that because it gives 
like when you shoot film, even just in photography, it teaches you a good discipline mm. that you don't. I think digital, you lose a lot of that. Mm. If, yeah. if you watch any yeah. sort of modern TV show, it's just a lot like, of directors just cut to all kinds. You know, yeah. shot, 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 and you're like, what they shoot fun? so much, and then also they leave yeah. takes rolling. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at you, Chanster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rolling, yeah. resets. rolling resets. People, like there's a discipline in Christ. knowing when to cut, and I don't do it. Like I would do resets in my stuff as well, yeah. and I and I'm like, you can, yeah, you do, but. Yeah, well, I know it, there's a way to do it. David Fincher's master digital, I reckon. I was, I was actually just about to say that. I love, you know, like the social network. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, girl, girl, tattoo, go on, girl. Like that, this, his visual style is very, like that is a it's nice digital style. I think Paul yeah. Thomas Anderson had a thing where he said the thing is when digital is trying to be film, Absolutely. that's when it doesn't work. Yep. When digital is trying to be its own thing, yep. then it becomes an exciting avenue. That's why I think uh, uh, Collateral yep. by Michael Mann is such a Gorgeous. fascinating yep. Yep. movie because yep. yep. it's such a dirty movie mm-hmm. and it tells the story. The cinematography is part of the narrative. It's not just like, oh, we... The grunge of LA and like the yeah, yeah. disgusting like... Yeah, colours like, and yeah. it was this dark so story. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. I loved the use of. It. They didn't even try to hide like the noise. Yeah, it was like yeah. part of. No, like, that's the, it. But then they, you know I what think, I mean? Yeah. It was like we're using streetlights, I don't give a shit. Like it's just. I think they overstepped though when you watch Miami Vice. Yeah, that's when yeah, they went yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. and so there is like a there is like a line where it kind of works. I that think did go very far with filming on film. There was there's, there's a movie I saw a couple of weeks ago called Beach Rats, mm. which was this. They shot on sixteen mil. It looks gorgeous, and the the reason why they shot on it was. The director and her cinematographer, they were like, the thing is that these digital cameras let a lot of light in and they wanted to stop that being a thing for the film because the film wasn't a, right. the, the, the visual language. And they really, they used the the 16 mil in some of the best ways. Because like a movie like The Wrestler, which is shot in 16 mil, I don't know that the 16 mil added to the story in any way that I could tell. A lot of people loved it and, you know, the director, Aaron Aronofsky was really into it, but I think something like Beach Rats, it sold it really well. It was part of the story and the feel of it. I've got a question for you guys as filmmakers. How yeah. do you feel about aspect ratio changes? I love it. Love it, love, 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 love it. Sorry. Oh, Jesus, I'm like, changes yeah. came. Yeah. It just came on the table. Oh, it got on my When arm. it's <laughs> story-wise, yeah. so like in Wes yeah. Anderson's... Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Tells well, like the time period, I really like I'm, it. I'm really keen on experimenting with using it in... I, I have this film set in a video store, a pitch to... Mm-hmm. I think I pitched yeah. to all you guys at one point or another that specifically is like this nostalgic cinema thing and we will be fucking between every aspect ratio, four by three, 16, nine, two, three, five. There's a filmmaker, a French-Canadian filmmaker called Xavier Dolan who messes with aspect ratios for very good narrative reasons. He has he did this movie called Mummy. I was about which to say, is just shot, the one by one one? Where it's shot in one one aspect ratio, but not for the whole movie. It opens oh. out for one specific part. I haven't seen the movie yet because it's a bit hard to get a hold of here um, in on Blu-ray. Yeah. And apparently it's really emotive. But he has another film called Tom at the Farm where during this fight scene, I mean they did it in Stranger Things as well, but this guy did it before. It's when it's, you're watching like a 16-9 image and then the letterbox cre- comens yeah. in. And in Stranger Things it was really cool. They just like went, zo- it's like zoomed when down on her face. When she's in, when she goes into that place where it's like all water and black. Oh, yeah. And oh, it's yeah, the yeah, first time yeah. she did that oh, to meet yeah. the monster. Yeah. And it was f- superb. I love the way they're using aspect ratio on Netflix stuff. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, Tom of the Farm does it during this like this fight scene where two main characters are, like trying to murder each other, and it really just pulls you in to the narrative. I love it, and I really want to experiment with it. I think aspect ratio is as much of a creative choice, and people yeah. don't treat it like that, which annoys the shit out of me. See, I've I've seen some uh, specifically short films where they play with aspect ratio, but there's no real motivation for it story wise. It's like some, I want to. Yeah, it's like hey, we're doing yeah. it. Hey, we did it again. Was well, so it something yeah. like? Uh, have you seen a ghost story? I know you've seen a ghost story, Josh. Mm. You should. Watch watch it because okay. it's like heard of that one. every shot is just like a fucking painting yeah right um and it's, it's Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck nice. and oh, it's yeah, done yeah, and they've shot it one. in like yeah. a four by three yeah and yet it, it, it they've rounded the edges so it looks like a almost like a polaroid or yeah, like a little cool. photograph oh, okay, and it's cool. really yeah if you're thinking really about good. memories and like things yeah like family, and it's all it's about like memory yeah. and 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 mm. time and so it it just Plays tells the story it's such an extraordinary and it's the way the camera moves Slowly. Yeah. Oh, and there's like there's like a so it's like a seven minute unbroken take of Rooney Mara eating, eating a, a pie. pie. It's I am really, in. I am so in. It's nothing really good. It's a slow. It's yeah. not a. It's eating not a plot heavy Fuck movie. Yeah. So don't go into it thinking that. That's right. But it's it's visually it's a pretty astounding movie. Cool. Do Do you have any tips or advice for people who might want to become cinematographers? Um. Yes. Just the first thing I would do, and this is what I've been I've been doing for years, is just take photos, become a photographer because a lot of what you learn in photography can be used in... Because cinematography is just an extension of that. You're adding movement to your images. Mm. Yeah. And, and like the, when I was younger, like, you know, as a teenager, I developed a passion for photography which led to, you know, enjoying films and wanting to become a cinematographer. Shoot, just shoot anything. I mean, you know, video, don't shoot things. <laughs> Go out and like just film whatever, make movies. And the, the best thing I did was I got a job at a news station and was taught how to use cameras and basically frame and light with nothing. Because essentially at the end of the day when you don't have lights, you've got to make something look good. That's what like, most people are kind yeah. of working with next to nothing. Yeah, I, like, that's it. Like most people are working with next to nothing. I mean, you, you hear the story like like Roger Deakins on Skyfall and he wants to like explode a house so he just has this wall of lights that's like the size of a warehouse glowing orange. The, the, burn, orange yeah, the burning, yeah, burning mansion, that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. I, I wouldn't even know how to like... Like when you have the ability to do that, like what the like when you have I, that's, money. That's my that's like because I haven't you know obviously been exposed to that kind of level of budget to be able to be like oh yeah why don't I just build a wall of lights and, and a massive become, ring light and, from can Blade be, and we'll just we'll put on dimmers so it can look like yeah. it's, you know the flames and just I'd love to get to that. That's my oh, goal. We'll get to that we'll, level. We'll, we'll, like, get you know we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. You know, we want to. I was watching watching Last Jedi and I'm like okay we're gonna fucking make a Star Wars movie because there's gonna be one a year until we're dead and then and then it'll keep going so we're gonna we'll make a fucking Star Wars movie like episode twenty one yeah yeah oh yeah Ryan Johnson and the DP of Star Wars was the DP from Bricks yeah they did no budget stuff together I like that's why I really got the behind the scenes stuff is really cool because he was a fan he played with the toys and him and his cinematographer who worked on like no budget stuff and then they're making a Star Wars movie. <laughs> I read that their first day because they did the pre-shoot on that island for Ray and Luke stuff. Yeah, in 2015. Yeah, like way before the rest of the movie because they were only had access to the island for a short amount of time. And because of that, and it was a small, hard to get to place, it was just like a very minimal crew. So it was like, yeah. it's just like doing our, we're doing Star Wars, but we're just doing it like and we like, used to do Like you could tell that because there wasn't extravagant lighting in it. You know, they yeah. pro- they no. probably had, you know, um, frames with, you know, ultra bounce and some nets, you know, just to yeah. control the sun. And they were doing things you know. like when Ray's like practicing and yeah. they were just making up, they're like, why don't we go below for like that kung fu yeah. shot? And the sun, you know, that was very like low yeah. budget. You're just like, oh, that's awesome. And like the wide shots, they'd go wide just to get like... The it's kind of anime inspired in a way. Like, very, very... Yeah. What was that one? Anime, anime inspired. Anime, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. 
Uh-huh. So, uh, any more t- tips? I guess uh, lighting-wise? Yeah, see, lighting was something that I struggled with for a while. It's, it's one of the things that I had to I still actively with search it. to learn, you know, and, and, you know, even on reality kind of taking um, tips from the gaffers and just watching what they do. <laughs> Getting on set is probably the best thing you can do. If you, if you want to do this seriously, get on any set. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're shooting reality <laughs> television or drama or commercials, it, you will learn just by being there and observing what other people do. You know, I didn't. I didn't realize what a, a snoot was for ages. You know, to control what is a light. Yeah, so man, we you, all know what a snoot is. A snoot is. So basically, you, you use uh, usually like black wrap, which is like black foil, and it can heat up. And you just you wrap it around a light source, yeah. and it creates like a pool of light. Because usually, if you have a lamp or a redhead, you know, for example, you get a redhead, you have barn doors. The light goes everywhere. It just lights up the entire room. But if yeah. you just want to light the table, you wrap it in black wrap, or you'll have a lamp and you'll wrap it in what's called washing, which is just black material to cut the light from, from spilling onto the walls behind your actors. That was like, like changed my whole world of like <laughs> we used it. We used quite a bit of black rap. We should, yeah, you and I shot a musical. Yeah, yeah. It had some stylized yeah, moment yeah. and it was like black rap on every... Yeah, yeah, like, like, on. We, had to, we had to make like a fake spotlight yeah. and we did it with black rap. Yeah, and ultimately as a cinematographer, your, your end game is controlling the light yeah. and, and, and using the black rap is the best thing. And we did it on, <laughs> on pizza deliverance. We were at a house and I wanted to... We used the actual lights in the house. We just yeah. wrapped... That's right, yeah. Blue tacked it to the roof and just made it and it looked great. You had little pools of light in the kitchen that weren't... And because they were built into the house, they were different colour balance to the lights we were using. So that didn't spill onto the actors Mm. and it made the background, you know, just like a slightly warmer colour than what we had. Yeah, it it gave a little bit of like a dynamic look because it was just a little bit of difference. And as a a low-budget filmmaker, those things can make your stuff look a million dollars and it costs nothing. Lighting, lighting, lighting is such a... That was the one thing where... Because when I was doing shooting a lot of my own stuff when I was beginning... And it sucked. I'd do the thing. I'd mm-hmm. light it really flat, and then working with you, I'm like, oh no, and do stuff. Make it. Yeah. Make you got because you got to. You're taking a 2D image, and you're yeah. making it look it depth. deep. Edging. That's edging. a good. That's a good technique. <laughs> oh, yeah. <You> gotta love <laughs> edging. Yeah, that again. That was something I got taught um, by. I was lighting a uh, just an interview at news, and someone's like, "Why are you lighting him? Like, there's already enough light coming from the front." Put that light behind him, and then all of a sudden, that's like wow she was edgy. I read I saw on and I was like, Holy there's crap, a movie called Winter's Bone Jennifer Lawrence yeah. one and I listened to the commentary and it's the director and the DP mm. and he's like you know the, the trick to any good cinematography is good hair lighting yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. that is literally yeah. all I do that's Chance's technique yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm like, like, I can you get some light <laughs> in the back of the hair please mm. come on I got good advice from Gaffey he's like Make the woman look beautiful and you'll get the next gig. <laughs> like, seriously, make her look great. Because well, you don't need to make them look good. Nah. You know, they just need to look rugged and, and whatever. Oh, yeah. what, what's much. that Woody Allen film? The one with Colin Firth and uh, Emma Stone? The Magic in the Magic Moonlight. Magic in the Moonlight. That was the first time I ever noticed that the guy, it's like, yeah. he is lit, him really normal. Or, you know, and then whatever. she's like soft and beautiful. Well, and that's what, like, that oh, comes geez. from the yeah. classical world though. I, don't, like, yeah. I still, I want to shoot something where we shoot not just the women, but I, I, it'd be interesting to see, like, put, was it cheesecloth over it the like lens? stockings yeah. or whatever. They, stockings yeah. over the lens yeah, yeah, put, to just make it look... Vaseline like, or something on it, you know, yeah. to give it that soft. That was yeah. the Neon Demon, the DP, yeah. she, like, got Vaseline from her like, hair. She yeah. just, like, yeah. it on Really? Yeah. It was just grease from her hair. I need to see that one. Yeah, because like, yeah, if you watch, like, the original Great Gatsby, like the one with Robert Redford. Is yeah. it Robert Redford? Yeah, yeah, Robert Redford. The shots of the girls are just stunning and it's and they do, like, nice zooms and it's it's just, like, sparkling, you know what I mean? And just, like they put him, they put a side light. They're like, "Yep, it's good enough." Yeah, well, fucking two K yeah, on it. Two K, bang. Let's go. I think, right, I think the art of a close up is something that we're kind of losing because it's seen as like this very function. It's like get. To, it comes from television, older television. Oh, don't t- use close ups unless you. 
fucking need to. Yeah. There's, there is right? no need to cut That's into the adventure technique. Yeah. It comes from it comes from Hitchcock. Watch Vertigo. When he uses close-ups, he uses close-ups for a reason. Or even like for a new one, The Wolf, The Planet of the Apes. And yep. even the, the, the last one, but Matt Reeves knows when to use a fucking... And, and, oh, I'll, the darkest, I'll, I'll quote David Fincher because he, he, I saw him in a video. Yeah. He goes, I never use a close-up because when you use a close-up, you're telling the audience that this is important. Yeah. And he goes, I only use a close-up when, it's, when he needs to. Yeah. yeah. He's never like in someone's face unless it is like... Was that the same dialogue. video where it like blocked through the scene from like Seven where it's just like... Oh, I'm not like, sure. I'm not sure. Like, no, this, I think I saw it on the social network on the... Yeah, it was like this guy's yeah. in power and that's yeah. why he's, he's framed like in a single one and it's like a two shot. Uh, so every frame like, of painting, I believe, Yeah, that one. That's yeah. a good one, yeah. yeah that's you got to watch... That's another reason, Darkest Hour, because it's yeah. like... it's. I mean, it's a one-man show. It's, it's Gary Oldman chewing yeah. up all the scenery, but they use distance and close-up. Like the way they use... They do close-ups on him yeah. is... Like it's, I reckon you'd love that movie. Yeah, no, you I'm might gonna, not like the story, it. but visually, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. probably one of my favorite movies. I got, of the I got year. a question for you guys: as seeing as you've all directed things, what's how important is it for you to have a cinematographer that you can rely on, or for <laughs> someone you can, or to have a cinematographer that understands what he's doing? I, 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 so basically, I, talk me up. <laughs> Go for it. I've literally no, <laughs> no, and I'm being, I'm being dead honest here. I've like, I'm trying to get a feature I'm running. I'm like, yeah. if I can't get Pat, I won't yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah, and like I'm sure there are other cinematographers. <laughs> we have we have like things there that, aren't. We were, doing, we were doing a feature that collapsed, and yeah. you were literally like the only person who kept talking to me after that. Yeah. I lost, I like a lot of bridges got yeah. burnt. You were one of the very few people, yeah, um, on the crew that stuck with me for yeah. that. So that like that to me, even more than creative or, or, or skill or anything, that to me is like such a high thing of importance. But uh, like, because you know, I if I get went to a new cinematographer. It'd be I'd have to learn that whole language again, mm. and because I have a, I know I have a very specific way of shooting that that would be a very big hump in 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 the work. Especially of it. going into a feature. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What about you? Because we it was the first film we did together. Was yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that that was because that was a huge difference between my, the last time I shot a, yeah. a film, and, and I'd shot two before. One where I was totally controlling, and the guy was like, "Okay, cool." Yeah. The other one where I was totally controlling and always at each other's necks. Uh, whereas when I finally opened up, it worked a lot better. But I, I think the relationship between the DP and having a DP who knows what he's doing that you can trust, because uh, that's why me and the other one were so at each other's necks, is I didn't fully trust him. Um, and, and seeing his work now, I've seen him do some fucking amazing stuff, but I've also seen him do some really boring stuff. And it, it, so someone who is consistently reliable, I think, is definitely important. Uh, and especially seeing other people who I've seen their films and they look amazing and then they work with a different DP and it's just it, it, something lost. It kind of it is like dating, isn't it? It is, yeah. Just a bit. What about you, Josh? Well, I think like you're in the trenches together. Like you're not only sharing like sharing your ideas, but you're showing like your passion for this project and you're showing your love. Like you're putting, you're equally putting in like this amount of time into this project and like it's integral to have a strong relationship and open dialogue and trust to be able to not only support each other, be able to like 
remind each other of like when when to slow down or when to like stop and to think about things or when to like call each other out and things and like have that closeness. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, I think definitely. a cinematogra- cinematographer, see like a, something like a production designer is equally important, but a lot of the production designer's work is done in prep and then before you shoot, whereas the cinematographer is the one who is with you shooting the movie. Yeah. And the only one who's really with you shooting the movie, I mean the first AD, but there's like a management job, is the actors, it's like the actor and the DP are the ones you're talking to the most on set pretty yeah. March I think it's 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 key so and it's one of those relationships that doesn't end when production finishes no you no. know like we I helped you edit and I wanted because I just wanted to see the movie yeah. like come together yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah but exactly. you, know, you, you yeah. work you work together in post because you got to know your sort of end game if you've got a specific style that you're working towards yeah and it's good to have you know the DP also work on the color grade as well because that's as a DP or as a cinematographer that's still part of your role absolutely is yeah. to manage the color grade because a lot of digital these days you know you shoot with like a wide spectrum and then you kind of refine it in the colour grade. You get your colours and your contrast and you've got to work together to nail that look, mm-hmm. which is something you start out, you know, in the beginning with your lookbook and your like sizzle mm-hmm. reel and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a good good place yeah. to round up. So yeah, we've got... Right. Uh, well, that's, it was a really interesting talk. Uh, we've, there's some stuff I didn't even know. Um, uh, stuff I still don't know. <laughs> so we've got a top five and, and Pat, you've picked our top five for us. What is our top five for this week? Our top five uh, list of director of photography or is cinematographers. It, is it, oh, what? Whoa, no, films? Whoa, hold up. Wait, wait, wait. You changed it on yeah, me. You changed I? it. What, I, what was it? You said we, films with great cinematography. Okay, well, I, can, I can just mention the films that I like. The relationship's okay. collapsing already. It's all going down here. No. This is what happens when you don't communicate. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Okay, well, right. well I literally my changed my well, list. Okay, I'll, I'll give you time you to do it. I'll, I'll talk about mine. You start, and I'll then start. I'll get my shit together, and you get your shit together. <laughs> um, so my uh, my first pick is uh, the Road to Perdition. Mm. Oh yeah, Conrad L. Hall is the mm. cinematographer, and that movie. I mean, the the scenes in the rain right near the end there is just nothing like it. He's he's my favorite cinematographer of all time. Uh, he's unfortunately passed away. He got he won the Oscar posthumously for Road to Perdition, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think he's one of the best cinematographers who's just ever lived. Uh, my second pick is uh, Black Sunday, 1960, directed by Mario Bava. I only saw this one this year. You need to watch it because he's an Italian cinematographer so turned... Italian. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a cinematographer turned director. Yeah. And yet he actually did the transition really well. You can sometimes, there's Wally Fister is an example of yeah. it where it Oof. didn't go well. Um, Mario Bava went to directing and so Black Sunday is this gothic uh, Italian horror about a witch that comes back to kill a bunch of people. And the way it was interesting, because like all these shots are like lit phenomenally. It's like, it's a black and white movie and there's shadow. The way he uses shadows and everything is great. And he does a lot of great color work as well, but the way he uses shadows is extraordinary. And you'd watch like a frame and you're like, oh, that's a really good frame. That must take a look. And then the camera like fucking dollies all the way through it. And you're like, oh shit, this lighting setup is astronomically bigger than I thought it was. Yep. He, the way he lights is something. He's a Mario Bava is his name. He's very worth checking out. Except I watched Black Sabbath. I did a double on 35 mil and I watched Black Sunday and Black Sabbath and Black Sabbath is not very good. There's one scene that's kind of cool, but it's, it's, a, it's a very silly movie. Um, number three is uh, American Beauty, which was for a very long time my favourite movie of all time. Conrad L. Hall, again, um, this movie, this is a movie that's like proof in the pudding that you, a movie about suburbia and people in houses can be some of the most gorgeous work you've ever seen. Uh, it's just phenomenal the way they use 
produces colours yeah, in that film yeah. for very specific reasons. Um, uh, and then I've got one called The Witch from 2015, which has the best mm. nighttime. Oh, that's a gorgeous movie. The yes. best nighttime yeah, cinematography yeah. I've ever seen in my Absolutely. life. Yeah. And it looks so real and yet it doesn't just look like they shot at night. There is There is work behind it, but it's so... It, it's near flawless, I think. It's a phenomenal movie. And then I got Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo Navarro. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. why not? Um, he you won the have Oscar. that on every top five. Pretty much, pretty much. He won yeah. the Oscar for it. It's one of the few ones he won the Oscar for. Yeah, cool. And the way they use colour in that one is very specifically amazing. It's weird though, he hasn't worked, he only worked with Guillermo Navarro one other time on Pacific Rim and he hasn't worked with him for like The Shape of Water, which I'm dying to see, but it still looks, I mean that's kind of an example where the director has clearly got a very solid vision that carries through his work despite yeah. changing cinematographers, whereas I feel like if I change, if I work with, like like work, did a feature not with you, it would just look markedly different yeah. without yeah. my input. So yeah, um, I also thought a couple of underrated cinematographers that don't get talked about is Robert Ellswit who he did a lot he's of... On he's on your no, list. I'm going to take it off right now. Um, no, no. I watched, it was really interesting. I was watching he's Michael gone. I was Mike, watching Michael Clayton and I was like, who? And I was watching it and it just, there was like some moments that felt very Robert Ellswit-y and I was like, I feel like this is shot by Robert Ellswit and then the credit came up and it said Robert, Robert Ellswit and I was like, yes, I can identify cinematographers now. That's nice. Um, and Bradford Young oh, who did... Yeah, yeah. Arrival. Arrival, but he also did a movie called Ain't Them Body Saints, which I didn't know he did that one until oh, just I recently. One, yeah, yeah, great. It's like, fuck, he's good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, Josh, what is your what's your? Yeah, so my list is obviously we um, it's kind of it represents where, how we are feeling at the time because I feel like choosing limiting it to five it's like really difficult kind of like with your favorite. Films it is. I've got an honorable mentions list, yeah. which is a lot longer. Yeah, exactly. So, but. Uh, a film that has always kind of stuck with me since like seeing the cinematography uh, is Alien. Um, it was um, cinematographer was Derek Van Litt, who hasn't done much actually. He's done Alien, Dragon Slayer, X Men, and The Spreading Ground, and that's really it. And that was from two thousand. But I believe like his um, his cinematography that film was just like really cramped and dark and it was very really, different for a sci-fi movie yeah it really yeah. just got me on edge and like I believe at the time now like every sci-fi tries oh, yeah. to be alien yeah and it's just like it was like disgusting and dirty and grimy and i loved it so much uh second choice would be sicario uh roger deakins my man Top choice. um just like the sweat and dirt and like the brilliant like sunset and deserts of like that like landscape shots and everything it was like Really spoke to me. I was like, beautiful. Um, my next pick would be Her. My, like Spike Jones directed that one. Yeah, uh, Hoyt Van Hoytama, who is also... Hoytama! Uh, Japanese or anything. So. <laughs> yeah. Is he like, he's like European. <laughs> is he Swedish or something? Yeah. And like, I reckon like that film was like gorgeous. And, like, Her was beautiful. It like, was really well shot. Delicate yeah, yeah, and like just framing that sense of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, spoke to me. And he also is the other. Uh, he also did Dunkirk, which is also on my pick because, like, cool. I think we can all attest to oh, just yeah. how brilliant that film is, like, and how cinematography of that film really like was beautiful. And like, oh man. Yeah. And final pick would be Collateral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh wow, there you go. I love the like we said before, like just the dirtiness, griminess, like just the. I don't give a fuck. Raw. It felt very the raw. rawness, actually. Yeah, yeah. and if, it, I hate throwing that word around, but I hate throwing. I hate felt. raw and yeah. gritty, which yeah, you yeah, used yeah. together, oh, but God. that actually perfectly describes yeah. that movie yeah. for mm. once. Yeah, so, so, each answer. 
Cool. So um, I'm going to start with my uh, with my honourable mentions. Uh, Don't be that guy. Yeah, I'm going to be that guy. Fuck you. So because uh, c- one of uh, the things that I think that is imperative for making a really great musical is the cinematography. Um, and it, I would have filled up the whole list with just musicals if I did that. So I'm yep. going to leave them in the honorable mentions, okay. specifically West Side Story. Yep. Oh, which, oh that's great. Fucking hate, yeah. right? Yep. Um, singing in the Rain. Uh, and oh, okay. yes. That is just, yeah. I love that. That's and the best Cabaret, movie musical. Because Cabaret, I'm yes. So I haven't actually seen Cabaret. Oh, my God. No. It's, fin- it's it, it, such it's a good movie. You're making everyone wet now, Charles. Yeah, yeah. oh, I know, I know. <laughs> um, my other two are Lawrence of Arabia because I felt like that was too much I of an obvious choice. I still haven't seen that because I, wanna, yeah, I need okay. to sit out 222 minutes <laughs> of my just, life. Just, just, you watch. do it on Christmas. You've got time. And Who Frames Roger Rabbit, which... I don't know what it is about. I think it's like the the neo noir style mixed with the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just like from a technical standpoint, impressive and yep. awesome. Yep. For my top five itself, I've got a few ties because they're so similar. So, <laughs> and this obviously shows like the sort of cinematographer I am. I'm surprised I don't have Blade Runner 2049 on here, but uh, both John Wick and Atomic Blonde, mm-hmm. both of those okay. just for their their Were like shot by the same. Person? Probably not. Okay. I, I didn't, didn't actually research. First yeah. John okay, Wick or second John Wick? Yeah. Uh, I still haven't seen the second one. Is it? Is it still as good? I think it's good? a lot less inventive with the cinematography and okay. lighting. Because yeah, the the first one specifically uh, like those nightclub scenes, yeah, with, well, yes. which is the same with Atomic Blonde, um, uh, Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. which I have Love issues it. with. But none with the cinematography. That holy shit. It was like every shot they were like, how do we make King Kong look more awesome? And then they fucking do. I just think like that's Jordan Berg Roberts, like just having his style because he comes like video games. But Larry Larry Fong's very, that's his shtick is that kind of awesome rad look. Even yeah. on shitty movies like uh, Sucker... He did Sucker Punch, didn't he? Uh, not, uh, yes. Yeah. I'm not surprised yeah. they're yeah. done by the same the apocalyptic now, like, like bloody references from yeah. Kong. Yeah. Uh, next one now. is La La Land. I'm yeah, surprised. Yeah. You, you, you Sangren? Sangren? Linus Sangren. Sangren, yeah. yeah. And oh, he did He's uh, did really good work on the Battle, Battle of the, the Sexes. Sexes. They shot, great they, film. They, oh, it's set, 16 why did I not put that movie it's on no, there? Uh, no, no, they shot they're 35, so yeah, but yeah. it's set in the 70s and it looks Beautiful. like it was made yes, in the so 70s. That movie I was missed that movie. I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, so it was actually fantastic. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not on my list. I forgot about that movie. Not as if it wouldn't be, but it was actually a lot better than what I thought it would be. I thought it would be good, but I loved it. For what it is, they didn't have to do that. That, no, no, exactly. and they did, and it yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so my fourth choice is The Third Man, yeah. which, as far as cinematography goes in noir films, yeah. I think the third that set the, the bar. Yeah, that for set everything. the bar. It was oh, just did you watch that in film school? Because I they watched made it a... in your film school. I that's yeah. right. <laughs> I was just I sitting saw in that on movie one of your like three times in film school. They kept like that in Fight Club, and I, <laughs> I like I get all the influences and Australian cinematographer too. Fun fact. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He won the Oscar for it, I think. I Sweet. don't like that movie. I don't know. Admi- the Third Man. Oh, yep, yep. I um, fell in love with it in your film class. Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> um, and the last one, which is a double, double tie, which I've already brought up today, both Moulin Rouge and Romeo plus Juliet, because right. I, I also want to include um, Strictly Ballroom because that's probably my favourite Baz Luhrmann film because it's so cheap, I want to say. It's so, like, early Australian film. But, yeah, I think, I think it worked really well. They were cool. good. Right, cool. Pat, what's your list? Um, so I'll just do a few honourable mentions before I get to my top five. Um, <laughs> Don't be that Dion guy. B for Chicago. 
Oh, yes, yeah, great. we yeah. stole so much yeah. from Chicago <laughs> for Ray Curtin Hill. Like all of these frames, Absolutely. and I put them. I did a thing. I put them side by side, yeah. and we're like, "Oh shit, we just <laughs> did all of it." <laughs> I um, I, I really quite like uh, Peter Andrews, who is actually Steven Soderbergh. Yes, uh, he does a lot of his own films, which is fantastic. Uh, Robert Yeoman, Yeoman. Why don't I know Grand Budapest Hotel? He ah, works yes. with oh. Wes Anderson a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I cool. love that stuff. Um, obviously, Robert Richardson. Oh, you know, all, why the fuck did I him? Movies, Tarantino films. He loves his really hot highlights in all of his. He just he's just smacked, you know, two K in the table. You know, <laughs> yeah, overexposed. I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it's awesome. Um, Larry Fong for Super Eight. Yes. Oh yeah, I love that film. Yes. and I love the look of that film. It's just gorgeous. Um, so my top five. Uh, number five would be Anthony Dodd Mantle for Slumdog Millionaire. And okay, specifically yes. him because he was a very early adap- uh, adopter of digital technology. Yeah. Very early shitty digital technology. <laughs> 28 Days Later he did with Danny Boyle as well. Oh, yes. right. Okay, he's, yeah. He's an example of is he, that. He's, he's Australian, isn't no, he? No, he's British. British? Yep. Okay. My cinematography teacher knew him for some reason. Oh, get out. Yeah, no, not That's even kidding. Awesome. That's freaking awesome. And uh, he was like good friends with Dion Beebe as well. Yeah, okay. I've met Dion Beebe's brother. Oh, wow. Who camera operates a lot on his films. Ah, yes, yes. I've got Dion Beebe on Instagram. That's about it. Good for you. Have you <laughs> talked to him yet? <laughs> Slide into the DMs. Um, number four was Hoyote for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I really did enjoy Dunkirk. I thought that was a master of cinematography yeah. achievements. Um, number three is Bill Pope for Scott Pilgrim. Yes. yes. I yeah. fucking love that fucking film. Um, and I think, I think he's done a lot of great work. Uh, recently he did... The Jungle Book, the new Jungle Book with a lot of... Okay. Did he do oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Didn't he do... What movie did I find out he did and it was such a bizarre... I was like, what the fuck? It was something really weird. Because he, he did that and he did... Uh, he shot the show Cosmos, which I'm a huge fan of. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah did he? Yeah, and he also directed totally a couple of episodes. Um, yeah. Which I think is awesome because I love that show. Um, so what was that, number three? Number... No, I'm up to number three. Number three is a... Uh, number two, sorry, is a gentleman named Ron Frick who did a film called Baraka. And most recently, Samsara. Have you heard of these? Oh yes, yep, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. essentially, they're not they're not technically narrative films. They're like a documentary style, but he shoots uh, nature and cities. He just goes and they've travelled the world and they shoot on like digital um, on um, IMAX, sorry, and seventy mil film. Oh wow! And they do these insane time lapse photography. They do like just beautiful. It's I don't know. I can't describe it. It's so damn good. <laughs> yeah. Like go out and watch it. It's so. Oh, it's beautiful. And then obviously my number one pick is Roger Deakins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was oh, 100%. Yes. Sicario and Blade Runner. And <laughs> everything that that guy's touched is just gold. I love it. He's really yeah. good. Well, that's, okay. that's our top five. Did I do five? I lost count. Right. Not Oscar I, worthy, did, I think you did five. I can't seem to find yeah. them. The Not Oscar worthy. I hope he yeah. never wins. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't deserve it. Yeah, he totally does. Well, I think that wraps up mm. our very uh, interesting episode. Thank mm. you for coming Thank on, you. Pat. Uh, sure. You can find us at Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Picture Rangers. Uh, on Facebook, we're Motion Picture Rangers. You can email us at motionpicturerangers at gmail.com. If you have any questions, we might do a Q&A episode if we get enough questions or something uh, you can find me on twitter at shane m underscore anderson you can find me at that sundance kid all caps uh you can find me on twitter at chancester but i don't check my twitter so find me at instagram at the chancester and are you on oh you, you can you can only find me on instagram i don't tweet <laughs> yeah, but are you on twitter patrick.co c-o-e okay C-O-E. Yes. patrick elco patrick, you were no, 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 no. <laughs> names um and it's a very special thing uh, this, the, I guess, this episode is proudly brought to you by Red Curtain Hell. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Uh, the feature film Pat shot, Pat cinematography. I direct, wrote and directed. directed. I was uh, in it. 
he was perchance to was in it. Uh, it is available on demand now. It's on Vimeo on demand. You can find it at vimeo.com slash on demand slash red curtain hell. And for our listeners, we have a very special, if you use the promo code picture rangers, just all one word in caps, you get 20% off. You can rent it or buy it. The rental is available for 40, like you rent it and it's available for 48 hours. We've got some cool behind, we've got a behind the scenes documentary, a blooper reel, and there's a director's commentary coming soon. I just have to upload it. Are the special features? is available on the rental as well yes you rent oh. it and they're just available everywhere and um so yeah have check it check that out we'll put the links in in the show notes and i think that's it thank you for coming on pat no worries, thanks for having me uh, thank that's you guys great. for listening and we'll see you again next week bye guys Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 